loneliness and misery and suffering and unhappiness, and it's all over much too quickly. The question is, have I learned anything about life? everybody, welcome to Essence of Zen After Dark. I'm your host, Zen Okami, real name, Zane Blaylock, and I'm joined here with my co-host, the man with the plan. You know him and you love him. He's the thing, the person that gets every single thing done. It's been so long since we've had a conversation over the internet with mics. The man you know and love, Louis Sandoval, aka That Mexican with a K. How you doing, Louis? Doing pretty well. You uh, fluffed me up a little bit, so now I gotta, gotta like exceed those expectations. <laughs> if memory serves me correctly, in the previous form of the podcast we used to do, every episode I would always fluff you up, sir, because you, you, were, you were. deserved <laughs> to be fluffed up. <laughs> All right, I'll try not to disappoint. I'll let the audience decide that. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite some time. I, I, I honestly believe potentially over a year since we've had a last podcast uh, situation going on. I, I, I don't know actually. Let me can I can I check that real quick? Let me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Uh, last last time it was more of a stream, more of a show. But yeah. I, I think uh, this format might work out better. The recorded route. Yes. And then, yeah, I think it'll just work better. Now my schedule is uh, a bit different. Yeah, you know, you, you, the, uh, you, you're you're a papa now. Yeah, I'm a papa now. <laughs> Big Daddy Lewis. <laughs> Got a nine month old now, so yeah. Uh, Times, uh, I, I still do have time for things. I just gotta do most things now. Uh, kind of late at night. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lewis. The last After Dark episode was episode 26, Just Zen, Xbox Scorpio, Favorite Programming Language, and it went live and aired on April 7th, 2017. <laughs> wow, it's been a while. <laughs> Three years. Been way too long, man. Way Almost too long. Two and change. <laughs> All right, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to keep it up this time. Absolutely. Knock on the wood. <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. So for the listeners out there, uh, the desk that I'm currently using is literally solid wood. It's uh, a patio wood, I believe, that I coated in a simple water-based acrylic, and so I use that. It's a it's a it's a butcher counter essentially, and I use it for a, a desktop, and I have the mic arm situated with it. So the gong-like sound you probably heard, depending on how I fix it in the actual editing process, is the sound of me knocking on the Apatia wooden butcher block counter. It, feel, it feels so nice. Louis, when, when we get you and your, your family to come out and visit, you're going to have to fill this desk. It, it's, it's, it's just... It's sensual, man. It's just, uh, if this wasn't a, a, a PG podcast, I'd use some very colorful language to des- describe the feeling that I'm experiencing <laughs> rubbing my hand across this desk. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's keep it PG, man. <laughs> Those children are a few rooms over. <laughs> ah, so what's on the, the the docket for today's show? Oh yeah, quite a few things. Might even talk about the Xbox here. Well, mm-hmm. at least the PS5. But uh, yeah, it's actually kind of funny that that was our, our last one that we last made about <laughs> Xbox Scorpio, which would have been the what was it? The I, I guess the new Xbox 
What's the new one called anyway? I think it's still Xbox One, but they I think the the what Scorpio was is uh just without the CD drive. It's like it's like a download only box, I think. Series S or something. Oh oh yeah, no, that's yeah, that's the most yeah. I'm, I'm, I mind lapse there. Yeah, Series X is gonna be a series of different uh, Xbox uh, things with um, what you call it. Uh, I guess a family of different Xboxes with di- with different configurations because it's essentially now a, a PC that's just running you know the Xbox OS, which I guess is most Xbox consoles. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see as we get more releases for their Xbox quote unquote actual series. True. Yeah. On the docket, we have, uh, well, we have a teaser for uh, next episode's uh, Nintendo Switch repair. We're going to talk a little bit about the AirPods and the uh, AirPods Pro, Pro, the new Apple Mac Pro. Uh, we're going to talk about Tesla a bit and uh, some electric cars. And, of course, we can't not talk about CES 2020. So that's what we got in store for you guys today. Nice. Now, it's, it's important to note that neither one of us are at CES. You know, I guess our invitations got lost in the mail, you know, since we haven't been on the air for the last three years. You know, I guess we're not as important as we used to be. So, you know. <laughs> so, I'm sure uh, UPS just kind of lost it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Sony sent it. But yeah, uh, speaking on that teaser for next uh, episode for the Nintendo Switch, because it's going to be a little bit more game-centered, since uh, I think Nintendo just had their Pokemon Direct uh, event. So back in December, last decade, you know, last year, uh, my Switch, like, it, it, it broke. It uh, it legit just stopped working on me. I, I woke up in the morning of like at 3.30 a.m. during, I forget which day of the week, and my switch was on my nightstand, and the light was on, and I picked it up, and it said, like, oh, hey, there's been a critical error uh, on your switch. Uh, if you cannot reboot something, 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 I was groggy. I pressed the power button, and then I pressed it again. Nothing happened. I plugged it in. Tried to turn it on. Nothing happened. I uh, tried to touch it for one whole day. Nothing happened. And so I was like, oh, my, uh, my original switch, which is one of the original ones from launch day, uh just stopped pushing and this is after like three days of non-stop pokemon sort gaming because I, I i had bought it right after that game came out and was playing it non-stop uh, uh and i i i guess we'll go more into more detail about it next week but uh essentially i had the experience of contacting nintendo and saying i need my switch repaired uh what can you guys do and I, I will like this to say, uh, TLDR, it was actually a, a pleasant uh, interaction with Nintendo services or support. So we'll leave that at that and save that for next week when we have on our other co-host, uh, Andy. Which I, I don't know if he's okay, is he okay with me saying his last name, so I'm just going to say his, his name followed by his alias, which is Andy uh, Pirana. But uh, yeah, save it for next week. All right. Yeah, let me swig some of this uh this mead real quick. <laughs> well, Apple is the next thing on the topic list. Apple. 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 The Apple AirPods, especially. Mm. Specifically, I mean, 
I'm gonna put a Macintosh in each one of my ear holes. <laughs> so Apple recently unveiled what is it, the uh, AirPods Pro? Uh, because the original AirPods were very successful. Basically, the new AirPods Pros cost uh, two hundred dollars, with the original ones costing one hundred fifty. Oh, sorry, two hundred fifty. Mm. Two hundred fifty. The original original ones are uh, one fifty. The ones that have a uh, uh, the wire charging cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, two hundred is the one with the uh, the Qi wireless charging. And then two fifty is the actual AirPods Pro. The ones with like the actual uh, different processor in it. But anyway, um, someone was keeping track of the well, uh, Apple. And basically, <laughs> how much revenue that they're making? Uh, now, mind you, revenues is top line. It's not. It's not the bottom line. So it's you know just the total amount of money they take and uh, sands the expenses and all that. And basically, they found out that just AirPods alone uh, could be its own its own company if uh, Apple really wanted to. It's apparently the their third most most uh, popular product, with uh, the iPhone being, of course, the most popular, bringing in them in to uh, yeah yeah that the Apple iPhone makes up eighty percent of Apple's income, basically. The other bits are uh, the MacBook and all the other sub products that they have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the MacBook line and whatnot. And then, well, third is now uh, AirPods, surprisingly. So anyway, someone uh, did the math and found out that AirPods, oh, AirPods revenue makes more money than Adobe. The, the whole company Adobe makes more money than NVIDIA, makes more money than AMD, <laughs> more money than Spotify, Square, Twitter, Snap, and Shopify. In fact, it makes more money than... Uh, Twitter, Snap, and Shopify combined, just AirPods. <laughs> now, you did bring up something uh, when I first brought this topic up, Zane. Mm-hmm. You're wondering if uh, how many of these sales are just like one single AirPod as opposed to like the bundle. And I would like to see that figure <laughs> renormalized basically with those figures. Like, okay, how many are just the first time purchases of AirPods versus how much more money are they making off people just losing their AirPods? <laughs> I'd like to see that, that new chart <laughs> if Same. at all possible. Because like at work, I've I've had uh, coworkers and and, and friends. I, I consider those coworkers friends. If those coworkers are listening, you are my friends. How you doing, butts? Um, who said that you know they, they've lost themselves a, a pair of pots or that their kids went to go grab them because they they should have been going and grabbing them. But it's like uh, apparently AirPods are really in thing with the kids. I'm I'm we're no longer young, Louis. We're we're approaching our thirties in a couple of years. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> We're no longer in that hip crowd, but apparently they like them, and so the kids will go and grab them and, and lose one, and then be like, "I'm so sorry, it's like in the toilet somewhere mm-hmm. down the drain, probably in uh, 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 Venezuela now." I don't know, uh, <laughs> and so they got to buy a second pair. And then there was also like a uh, a celebrity, I forget her name. Uh, if you listen to the Unbox Therapy podcast, Lou later, it was talked about sometime months ago where some famous woman made a tweet about her mother buying like four or five pairs of of, uh, AirPods because she keeps losing them. And apparently it's not an uncommon thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my my brother, 
about some AirPods, I'm just like, mm, he's gonna, he's gonna lose them. And well, you just lost one, which is like, okay, well, you have the other at least. Just oh. keep one ear open, I guess. But... Yeah. I'm actually not sure now uh, if they sell just one individual AirPod. I think I remember seeing it, but like, I can't find it on their site. Let's see. So, so might they're not might there might not be a figure. Is what I'm trying to say. Let me see if I can. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So uh, doing a quick Google search, uh, someone uh-huh. asked, "Can I buy just one AirPod?" And a, a, a quick, you know, search. A, a quick answer to that is yes. If you can't find one of your AirPods. Apple does allow you to order a replacement for sixty nine dollars. <laughs> oh, so okay, that's that's not bad. It's, it's I just not. couldn't find the page. I'm sure I've seen it, but now I, I just can't find it. Um, I'm in the same Google search. I'm looking. At, I see something that says "in support for AirPods repair." Uh, mm. So maybe it's somewhere along those lines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, AirPods Apple Care Plus fee for. Oh no, that's just uh, an incident. Never mind. That's just, I don't know. I, I, I think. Uh, excuse me. I think that's it. Uh, apparently, if you have your Apple Care, um, uh, I guess bought. If, if you have Apple Care Plus, whatever whatever that is, I'm, I'm not in the Apple ecosystem. It'll only cost twenty nine dollars. And if you're out of warranty or you or you, you don't have that Apple Care, it'll then be sixty nine dollars per AirPod. Um, that's not bad. It's three bucks for Apple Care Plus. You just have to pay thirty dollars again to get another one. I'd probably get Apple Care if yeah. it if I ever got some. I don't think I would. I'm pretty sure I would just buy some other wireless headphones. That's just me. Yeah, and it's important to note again, like seventy bucks, sixty nine is essentially uh, half of what you would pay in total for the entire kit, excluding that of the. I'm assuming the case because. Yeah, uh, it's like one thirty-eight, one forty with tax, yada yada yada, uh, for for two, and I'm guessing the case is like the extra ten or whatever you would add for that. Um, which also let let me go ahead and put this out there now. If you are looking for some nice audio equipment and you're unsure about going the AirPod route in terms of easy easy to lose, I highly recommend going for the Sony noise canceling headphones, the WH one hundred or one thousand. XM3, and no, this is not a paid sponsorship. I have my own pair. I got it through uh, Dropbox, or I think they're called just Drop Drop now. Oh no, it's if, Drop. Yes, uh, you're thinking of. Uh, wow, I, I blanked that too. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Mass Drop. That, that, that Mass was, Drop. Yeah, that was their old name. They 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 went from Mass Drop to just Drop. Right, um, which I, I just prefer Mass Drop. Drop is just kind of hard to well. Actually, if you, I just Google them right now, just drop, and then their title says "formerly Mass Drop," just so people, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their... but if, if like I also just Google "drop" and like Dropbox came up first. Dropbox is the first one, yeah. Yeah, but if if, if you if you kept it as Mass Drop, that that no one else is out there with, with, with Mass Drop. I, I I don't. I mean, look, I'm I'm not gonna judge or critique a a successful business corporation that I also use and enjoy. But to me, I would have stuck with Mass Drop, personally. <laughs> yeah. But no, great, great headphones. The Sony, uh, 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 I just just lost them. Uh, oh, uh, WH-1000 <laughs> XM3. I love them. 
I got mine for like 150 when they were on sale or you know special promotion through Mass Drop now drop. Uh, you can buy them for like 348. They're more expensive than Apple AirPods, but I just think they're one more comfortable, hard to lose. Uh, they last longer, and the sound quality is far more uh, robust and 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 fine tuned. But are they in ear over the ear? Oh, over the ear, buddy. I, I over the uh, ear. Okay. Yeah, I uh, when it comes to to musical devices, I am prim- primarily uh, or 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 majority uh, uh-huh. over over ear. I I on ear. Uh, I forget. Try, trying to be clean for the podcast. Uh, on ear hurts my ears, and and ear, I mean earbuds, they're fine, but over time they can just fall out easily. It's a, it's, it's a big deal. It's it's, it's annoying. Uh, what do you prefer? Uh, I prefer over the ear. Um, yeah, just just in ear. I hear it's it's worse for your ear. I've I've ever I've never actually looked into that. That's just what I've heard. So take that with a grain of salt. Anyone who's hearing out this. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's why it's worse in ear as, as opposed to over the ear. The problem I've had it with over the ear, or at least bad over the ear ones. Uh, in the past, I had some Logitech ones. Gee, something. That <laughs> there some really old ones. Uh, they would uh, make my ears red and like pinch them or whatever. But since then, I've I got some like HyperXs and I could wear those for hours and be just fine. Good man. Yeah, so it just came down to the type. And, and I, I guess since we're on the the, the topic, and I is our first podcast back in three years, we have we have a docket, and we're already kind of off on, on a tangent. <laughs> never fails with us; it, it never does. <laughs> but um, so if, if viewers out there listening on what type of headphones or, or audio devices to go for, I push for over the ear, open back. If you're in public, uh, you want a closed back because you don't want sound to bleed and annoy the people around you. But if you are at home, like currently, what, what I'm using during this podcast right now is a set of Sennheisers. Uh, it's the, give me one second, uh, HD58X Jubilee, also from uh, Drop. If you can tell, I use them a lot. Uh, and the reason being is by having an open back uh, setup, you allow sound to one escape and feel more natural. So you, what you're listening to sounds like it's in the room with you instead of being isolated in a chamber for your ears to bounce the sound off of const- like constantly, and and that does affect the quote unquote um, listening fatigue, which apparently is supposedly, as you say, Lewis, uh, bad for your ear health. And I mean. I'll figure that out when I become like seventy or sixty if I make it that that, that long and I can, <laughs> I'm deaf or I have to use a uh, hearing aids. <laughs> but we'll see. Now, what is what is open back is the, the like the the part that would normally be behind your ear just exposed. Is, is that what open back does, or do you mean open back as a no strap? Or I, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, open back essentially the areas that go over your ear instead of having like the uh, the outside not having any area for sound to escape. Like in, in this case, there are uh, grills on the, side, on the side of the ear, so sound literally bleeds outwards. There's nothing stopping the sound from uh, going or, or from leaving the, the, the area of the ear. As a matter of fact, I will shoot you uh, an image real quick. And for vi- visitors out or visitors, listeners out there, we'll have show notes 
uh, per episode with a link to our docket. So you can actually go and see our list and the links and the, the information, etc. Uh, let me just do Sennheiser HD 58X Jubilee. And I'll send Lewis a fantastic high-res definition picture with the waifu in the background for some reason. <laughs> uh, so do you just... I think I just pulled them up, the HD 58X Jubilee. Do you just wear these around your neck or... No, you, you put them over your ear. But if you look at like the cups uh, that that go over your ear, if you notice like they're they're they're, they're graded, like they you can kind of see through them. Oh, oh, I understand. Okay, I, I see what you. There's no back thing for the sound to bounce behind. Okay, I, I understand now. That's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't know they made those. Yeah. So that's what um, if you're ever out there shopping for headphones, if you see like the, the the tag or like description of open back, that means if you're in public and you're listening to music, people around <laughs> you will be able to hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, definitely got to keep things PG if you're <laughs> if uh yeah. You're wearing those out in public. Yeah, let, let me just turn on some um, uh, some Kendrick Lamar while I'm at this preschool. Uh, <laughs> 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 no. Uh, like we're gonna have to hold on to your kid. We're not sure if you're actually the father. <laughs> we hope you're not actually your father. <laughs> and on that note, uh, <laughs> you want to go on to our next topic, Zane? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it, it's still all about Apple. It's it's, it's still. That whole situation, but instead of just the audio devices, we're going to talk about Apple's new Mac Pro, which I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, I'm happy to see Apple out here again making more uh, computers. And I'm not going to call it a PC at the cost of getting a bunch of angry emails. Uh, but no, it, it, it's finally good to see them go back into something that's not uh, an all-in-one screen or a MacBook or a, a Mac Mini, finally something with actual chutzpah, right? Except when you look at the cost. <laughs> well, I, I actually think it's cool. It's, uh, when I first saw it, I, I was ignoring the price, but I was looking at the, at the base MacBook Pro, mm -hmm. and I, it was, I was happy. I'm like, that's... That's a pro machine. They they brought the pro back. I've I've heard some people say that they're not actually pro. Yada yada yada. But now I, I could say this is a pro device. It actually comes with six cores out of the box, before uh, a few generations ago, or I think maybe even last generation. I have to look that up now. But uh, you had a uh, level up to just get a quad core. Now they're throwing six at you. That's that's pretty neat. I I, I don't know why they would include a just a, a dual core in a uh in a in a pro machine i'm assuming <laughs> anyone who buys a pro machine is looking to get a good amount of work done on on a mobile device but i'm pretty happy they threw a, a six core in there no I, I i totally agree with you and, and and i'm making jokes about the price because i i understand that the mac pro is literally designed for professionals i.e. like studios that make movies um, you know, uh, actual, you know, music producers and et cetera, yada, 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 not for the average consumer. I get that. Um, 
and to that argument, I I I think somewhere around three thousand to five thousand for like a general purchase of it is reasonable. But then I go and I I look at the Mac Pro, the, the Mac Pro Tower uh, bipage. I'm looking at like the memory configurations, the 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 storage configurations, and how like at the moment the the the, the most you can get for the uh, the boot drive is for a terabyte whereas their uh what do they call their their all-in-one big screen uh mac computers the uh so the all-in-ones are, are the imac imacs the, yeah, yeah and the other ones is just the the mac the mac pro yeah so the imacs at, at, at maximum can have the storage of like i think eight terabytes at like as, as one of the, the 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 lower base models yet you can yeah. only max out for for your initial boot storage on the Mac Pro for four terabytes and and you know I I get it that's not the end of the world but then you look at the memory and it's like you know three hundred dollars for an upgrade from thirty two to forty eight then one thousand from ninety six and just the memory in general whereas uh, I, and I believe this is from Andrew Edwards from uh, he's a YouTuber and another uh, tech podcast he hangs out with. Uh, uh, Techno Buffaloes or or prior Techno Buffaloes, uh, John Redinger, he pointed out that the cost for the memory that he wanted to select was literally ten times the up price for the exact same memory sticks that they ship with it. So you can like essentially save money by just buying the actual memory sticks, not from Apple but from the actual uh, you know OEM. And save literally ten times as much money. So instead of spending a thousand, you spend a hundred bucks or, or, or so. Now is this for the uh, for the iMac or the iMac Pro? The, I, I didn't catch the the Mac Pro. Oh, the Mac Pro. Yeah. Standalone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Mac Pro. Okay. So it, I I get it. The Mac Pro is beastly, and and it it, it deserves the recognition that it that that. You know it, that comes with it, but no, they're still kind of gouging you <laughs> for some of the components that comes with it. You know, and that's kind of BS. And I'm not gonna get started on the one thousand dollars stand. Uh, the mantra, though, I, I I think the mantra actually is uh, value value worthy. That 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 thing looks beastly, especially their their, their matte Mac Pro monitor. Thing I, I forget like the exit the X, X, is it XDR monitor or the XDR extended uh, display resolution. Yeah, I think it's that thing's beautiful, man. Looks gorgeous. <laughs> but I ain't paying a thousand dollars for a damn stand. Yeah, I'm just gonna buy like a cheap Amazon <laughs> little <laughs> stand just for that. <laughs> I don't know if it's a uh, Vesa compatible, but that's <laughs> that's what I would do. And and, and like. The, the the science and the the engineering that goes into the Mac Pro monitor stands is 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 is, is cool. It's it's amazing. Like the 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 monitor has a magnetic back, and so you literally just bring it up to the stand, and it it pulls, connects, and locks in place, like near instantaneously. That's cool. That's, it's awesome. There are probably ways to, to have built that without having to have so much engineering or or or, or I guess magic, <laughs> Apple magic. That is a thousand damn dollars. That's 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 still to me a bit much. How much is the monitor itself? I forget exactly. I think three thousand, two thousand. Let me. Three thousand. Uh, 
XDR. Let me see. I'm looking at the specs again, it's it's pretty neat. It's a thousand uh a thousand nits up to six sixteen thousand or sixteen thousand sixteen hundred. Sixteen thousand. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. The the, the mantra is five thousand. <laughs> I mean, if you're making like you know some really great video content. Oh man. Oh. Mm. You know what? Again, more power to Apple. I am a big critic of theirs. I don't. I don't like their ecosystem. Uh, but I will admit, as always, they have some really cool tech. But ah, five thousand for the experience, Zane. The experience. Uh, mm, <laughs> I don't know, man. But for that, that's like going to a massage parlor and, and asking for a happy. You know what? No, 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 no. Clean. Gotta stay clean. Gotta stay clean. But that that better be some experience. That's, that's, that's all I'm gonna say. Because. <laughs> Let me let me preface one more. I'm I, I, I'm doing this a lot today. No, 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 go for it, go for it. Look, I use a Dell Super Ultra Wide monitor. Okay, a monitor that cost me almost two thousand dollars. It is a fifty-one twenty by fourteen forty p monitor. It is about the wingspan of my entire arm, from shoulder blade to my oh. fingertip. And it's expensive, it's massive, and it's glorious. You know, I am not against the idea of a monitor being expensive and then paying said money for the quality of said experience. But for $5,000, Lewis. <laughs> I better make movies for me. <laughs> right, man. Because 5000 bucks can get you the components to build a high-spec PC, even a Hackintosh, if I may dare, and still buy maybe a fantastic Dell. I can't remember the 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 unit. It's like U D H D W Aqua something. I I, I I'll, I'll get it in a sec. But point stands. Hackintosh with a fancy monitor and probably still have enough money to buy lunch for like the next week or two. So. Well, I- I've actually been hearing that uh, Apple's going to be rolling out a change soon, which is going to make Hackintoshes very difficult to build because they're just locking it down further at the hardware level. Um, I'll have to look more into that. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be another uh, topic for, for the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll make it that. Um, but uh, oh, but but anyway, uh, back back on the back on the MacBook Pro. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the the base thing looks the base model looks pretty pretty great just what they're including already off the bat they have AD, AMD Radeon Pro graphics with four gigs of dedicated RAM uh, I have well for work I used to have a uh, an integrated graphic on the base model Pro and uh, it cost it cost about that much when when he when he first got it well, you're, you're so, about the MacBook Pro or or, or the Mac Pro. The, the MacBook Pro, the, okay. the laptop. Okay. The Mac. Yeah. So I, I say they uh they did a pretty good job. Oh, and, and we can't forget to mention the the switches. They uh they use butterfly switches again. Wait, so did they go back to the the, 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 the keyboard that has the issues or the one before the issues that arrived? They went to the one uh that has the issues. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but but that one gives you uh more. No, wait, wait a minute. Da 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 da. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure because I, I think it's the butterfly switch one. You know, I I, I think you might be right. I, I think they did make changes. I, I think they actually do have like a membrane it, over it now to protect it from debris. It's the ones with the with the, with the large with the longer key travel, basically. Oh, okay, okay. Ah, scissor the scissor keys. Okay, yes, basically yes. what everyone else uses. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> Actually, I had a friend who had um, keyboard issues after like four weeks with their their, their new Mac Pro, uh, and so I, I'm assuming they'll be happy to potentially sell theirs and then getting this new one to kind of solve that issue. Um, uh-huh. But I, I don't know, man. Like, and and speaking on the idea of engineering and manufacturing process, yada yada yada. It was cool of Apple to essentially replace people's machines when they had that issue, even though that doesn't solve it. They just kind of try to mix it, makes it better for you having to have that issue. Uh, but I, I miss the days of being able to take my laptop apart and like just swapping out components and even getting to the keyboard and cleaning it if it needed it. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Lodevo was just so pretty good with that. The yeah. old... Uh... The, the ThinkPads, yeah, you can still take those things apart. Those things are still pretty customizable. But uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, my, my my razor, <laughs> I can't change anything on there. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and the, go ahead. I'm I'm also a hypocrite. I use a a Surface Book Gen One as my main laptop, and yeah, I'm not getting into that thing either. <laughs> yeah, I traded a removable battery for a, a thinner a thinner design. I could carry that thing around. You know what? And that, that's that's actually is we're not gonna segue into it just yet. But like for listeners out there, remember this topic on laptops and and whatnot because it's going to uh, bleed into some stuff with the the main topic coming in, in, in a bit. Um, but back on the Mac Pro, uh, they use uh, proprietary pens for a lot of their components. Did you did you actually like? Did you ever look at the the pictures of the the inside of the Mac Pro? I have not proprietary pens for for what though. Almost everything. So like um, storage and and uh, some of the other I guess, I guess GPU as well. They 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 go inside of a a black box, and then that black box has the proprietary pens that go into the actual I guess board, the motherboard of the, of the Mac Pro. And so it, it kind of has this proprietary use of it. And it, it's you just can't shove just any old thing in there. But they do have at least PCIe slots and whatnot for other type of things. But it's still kind of weird. And so a, a lot of the coverings that those uh, proprietary pens go to is, in my opinion, from what I can, I can see, I, I think they're used to keep the audio down. Because you put your components in this black box, and then the black box goes onto the board. The mm-hmm. items in that black box are now sealed, quote unquote, not like airtight, but you know it's, it's covered, and so you get less. Uh, what's what's the the coil whine? So y- you don't hear like the mechanics whining as current is uh, going through. Them. So I see. 
So it keeps the noise level down, basically, of all that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so if, if you're out there and, and, and if you're curious as to how quiet this machine is, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Um, is it Jonathan Morrison? Jay, Jay Morrison, he, he is a very popular YouTuber. Uh, very, very vain individual, but not in a negative way. But he recently did a video where he lent his Mac Pro to the producers behind, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Billie Eilish? Irish? Eilish, mm. B- yeah. Eilish, yeah. Uh, and they went to town with it. And they, they actually had like full-on audio specs up and in, in editing real time and they exported it and showcased the the cores and how, how they were being utilized and it's just chugging along fast speed no problems quiet as a mouse that you did not know was there so everyone listening you might want to check your house you might have a mouse there you just can't hear it look <laughs> check for droppings there might be one behind you you do not know but yeah it's powerful and quiet Silent was, and deadly. I was seeing a lot of that uh that money that goes or that you know for the price goes into the research and development for these uh, pinouts for all these you know special parts that they do mm-hmm. the special things because they they don't use a lot of off the shelf parts. Yeah, and it's actually kind of fun that you mentioned that because there are already third party vendors who are making uh, conversion devices. So they're making like, you know, some uh, hardware that you can plug in any old hard drive or other device um, into their device and their device into the Mac Pro to then have it work seamlessly. So, I mean, in that case, I'm all for it. You know, nothing is wrong with creating a new standard or a, a, a new format uh, so long as people can still use it and, and make or, or, or take advantage of it in, in, in a way that doesn't hinder the creators because Apple, you're, you're, you're not hurting. You can let Mac, you can make, you can let people make Hackintoshes. That's not hurting you. <sighs> yeah. See, one day I'd like to see, you know, uh, what is it? Mac OS be actually sold independently, but I mean, that, that might never happen. Part of buying uh, a Mac is, also buying the well, I mean the same is true for for Windows computers, right? When you buy some of it, goes to paying off the license. Yeah, but th- there's no other way to get uh, Mac OS. Yeah, it's called Mac OS now, a Mac OS without buying no other products, and they kind of like keeping it that way. I mean, I wish it wasn't the case. It's it's a uh, it's a fairly decent uh, operating system. I enjoy it. I just uh, don't always enjoy what I have to pay for for hardware to uh, run their their OS. That's my that's my two cents on my overall opinion for Apple. Yeah, just their hardware. <laughs> or dollar price price per for the hardware. That's it. They use pretty good hardware though. No, that that's absolutely fair. And to any Apple fans out there, the same is true in a sense for things like uh, Google's Android or Google's uh, Chrome OS. Um, you know, they have things out there like the the Pixel Book. Which was like thousands of dollars with the you know the the, the most uh, that Intel had to offer at that time. Yet of course Chrome OS software side doesn't actually utilize that hardware to its max potential, and vice versa. Where with like the Pixel Four had I believe last generation of Snapdragon CPUs, 
and a kind of shoddy build quality, but with great software. If you don't mind the Sonos, uh, you know, uh, uh, sonar thing. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I in this case, I'm just happy that we have options. But I want to see all options improve in the in in areas that they struggle with personally, you know. Yeah, agreed. And I guess as a as a segue in terms of like trying to improve where you where you struggle, I mean Tesla went, hey, I have a Model Three, I have the Model S. Oh no, I, I should start. They have the Model S, the Model Three. The Model X, and they're working on the Model Y that spells sexy in a very leak speak kind of way. Uh, and they went, where do we lack oomph at, right? And someone said, yo, 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 Elon, uh, we don't have any trucks. <laughs> and this man went, you know what, by Jove, you are right. Let's make a truck. Not, not, not just any... Oh, you know, factory truck or 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 hardware truck or 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 sports truck. Let's make a let's make a a cyber truck. Mm. <laughs> Lewis, what are your thoughts on the cyber truck, man? Uh it looks freaking weird, man. <laughs> I do not like it. As I told one of my coworkers, that's too many polygons, man. <laughs> that thing out. Or sorry, not enough polygons, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Not enough polygons because you know you get more polygons around. Uh, I don't know, man. I I, I get nostalgia. I, I think original Tomb Raider when I when I see that truck. I think original uh, Metagross Solid with Snake in his fifty thousand abs. <laughs> you know, like I, I I don't know. No, I, I I'm I'm with you. Like when I first saw it, I, I thought, God, that's ugly. That's that's not. <laughs> It just doesn't look good, but I kept watching videos and I, I I saw it driving, and then I saw the inside and I saw like all like the the, the cool garage door back for the uh, the bed cover, yeah. And I went, nah, man, that looks kind of cool. Like in a in a, in a in a weird way, like if I have that, that's gonna that's gonna like kind of scream, this man bought a Cybertruck. What, what's wrong with him? You know, I mean, uh, I definitely like like the tech around it. Uh, I, the the light bar in the front. I think the tailgate can uh, go up and down on its own. I think it's uh, a power tailgate. Uh, and then just the safety about it. The whole thing is like one solid piece. So basically, it'll help it against any sort of collisions and you know keep you absolutely safe. And, uh, well, <laughs> dare I say their glass is pretty cool. <laughs> the demo didn't turn out so hot. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard some people say that it's, uh, that, I mean, you would have, you would have had to know and it was, it was going to fail. Like it wasn't tested or something, or maybe they didn't want to test it for the demo. I, I don't know. I've heard some people say that it was, it was staged just so, you know, it could, uh, be, be like top news whatever you know i will interject i i I don't i don't think that's true because uh they did release like actual footage of before Uh the event and it shows elon and um the designer guy i forget his name uh Uh i forget 
and they were literally just chucking stuff at that glass for like hours before the event started. And apparently, the amount of things that they threw at it, plus using the sledgehammer to the, the side of the, the truck before testing the glass, is what compromised the glass with micro fractures. So when they threw the metal ball at the glass, it cracked, supposedly. But I will say, e- even if worst case scenario, they didn't test it, or, or you know, it, it, it just wasn't it wasn't as strong as they thought it was. The ball did not go through the glass, so you know that's hey, true. Yeah, s- still something good there. Yeah, and honestly, if I if I was buying this truck for that, just for that one piece, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, well, let me rephrase. I don't I don't think I'd buy the this truck just just for the glass. I'll buy this truck, uh, one, because it's electric, and two, because of what it could tow and whatnot. And it, w- it would be more from a utilitarian kind of standpoint. The glass, I, I guess, if I got some, you know, bad guys coming after me, I guess that'd be <laughs> a nice addition. But honestly, if you really want to, you could probably swap out any car's glass for, you know, bulletproof, bulletproof glass. Since, you know, uh, yeah. Well, and, I don't know. And I, it, it's easier to do that than swap the chassis. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and like bringing that up, actually, uh, you talk about like how you would go for certain things because you you drive more trucks than I do. You you are more of a truck person than I, and I, I think that is important to speak in terms of volumes because for me, I never thought about buying a truck until I saw the Cybertruck, and now I'm literally wondering if the Cybertruck is going to be my, my next vehicle because like uh, my dream car is a Model S. But the Model S is like the cost of a Model 3 and a, a Cybertruck plus some more. So I might get the Cybertruck next and then a Model 3 down the line and then call it a day when I'm a little older and more wiser and have my loans paid off. But I digress. Uh, on that topic, would something like the Rivian truck be more up your alley? Uh, well... One to start off. I've only ever owned one truck, and uh, I, I currently don't have a truck right now, and I, I kind of miss it. I, uh, <laughs> I I ended up giving it to my brother so he could have a first vehicle, but yeah, I really I really miss having. Even though, well, I had a long bed truck, long bed truck, so I had a lot of space. Mm-hmm. But even if I just had an uh, an open air uh, space, where I could just throw things in. That that would be great. Sometimes I need a transport poles or ladders and uh, i have to end up pushing down every single seat basically to have it fit in but with the truck well i can just throw it in and i don't care if the back sticks out a little bit <laughs> that's what it's meant for to have things stick out a little bit off the sides and whatnot so, um so but, to, to translate you want a truck with the booty <laughs> i don't want a truck with uh basically some more some more openness to it and this kind of feels very very locked in now you mentioned the rivian right mm-hmm. the rivian i'm assuming you're talking about the the new one the r1t and r1s those electric ones yes the ones that the tank turn with the uh quad motor yeah situation. yeah that, that'd be more up my alley uh i just i just, um one thing that uh, I, I watch Linus Tech Tips fairly often. They're uh, they're Wayne show a lot. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Luke brought up actually that uh, if you look at the sides of the Cybertruck, it's uh, angled 
So putting things into the truck from the side is would, would be kind of annoying and hard. And when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I actually do kind of throw a lot of things in from the side when I, well, when I had my truck and when, you know, I go over to my dad's house. I, I do end up throwing a lot of things on the side. I rarely throw things actually all the way through the back and put down a tailgate. I just throw it on the side, call it a day. And the Rivian um, is just like classic truck design where everything's, you know, level, no need for slantedness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- I think that'd be more of my alley. So what we're saying here for the listeners tonight, or I guess whenever they listen to the podcast, uh, three or four years down the line, I'm going to have a Cybertruck, you're going to have a Rivian truck, and we're going to do a video of our two trucks side by side uh, uh, when I spend my 500 miles uh, per battery charge getting to Arizona with my truck. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do like a tow test that you see online on YouTube. <laughs> we're going to, you know, put a train on there and uh, try to pull that. Which I actually don't know if you've seen that video of... Uh, Ford. They were they had a a beta truck that they were working on mm-hmm. that was all electric and they told they had, they had told all these people supposedly in the ad that it was just a, a new special truck that they were working on and a new F one fifty, which if you guys aren't familiar with with Ford or the Ford line of trucks, the F one fifty is uh their base model truck, their entry level one. Uh, they basically pulled a whole bunch of train cars with uh, the all-electric version of their truck, and they tried it with the gas version, and no, it was struggling. And this guy was just <laughs> chugging along. And these guys were all amazed, like, "Wow, that's that's impressive!" Because you know, you, you, the, an electric motor is not going to be loud. You know, it doesn't have you know an internal combustion and all the gases and the heat you know you think like oh wow like louder like more power you know <laughs> conventionally but they were uh, i'll just send you the the clip i thought it was pretty neat please do man and you said the louder the more powerful it made me think about all of the uh the stereotypes of what it means to be american it's like just make it louder louder more power or like the the burn <laughs> means it's working you know that that kind of <laughs> mentality and, uh, look I'm right there with them. Like I love the sound of a, of a strong Mustang, just, just revving. But then it's like <laughs> you rev in place three times, and you've already used half your gas tank. You know, like <laughs> I I kind of just just on the line of like loud is like oh good yeah it's 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 working. <laughs> I kind of get like a little giggle when I turn on my PC and like it goes like the the fans the first initially spin up like oh it's going. <laughs> Turn on. It's doing its thing. But I, I'm right. Like, look, when I, when I when I built the current the current build here, which, which I think I named the uh, the Alpha Obelisk, the Wolf Obelisk, some, something Obelisk. <laughs> it's a big. It's a big black Obelisk. Is what it is. I built that thing and I, I turned it on to test it on my on my uh, dining room table, uh-huh. and that thing kicked in with the, with the uh, RTX 2080 and just. <laughs> Like, yeah, they're like that oh. split second where like the fans just go full RPM and then the config kicks in. Like, all right, all right, I'll slow down. Oh man, I got I gotta see a therapist about things that make me feel kind of ways, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I sent that video in uh, in chat so you can look at it uh, later on. But it, it was pretty neat. I uh, 
I, I like where this is going. Uh, I probably won't be one of the first people to buy an electric uh, vehicle. I'll probably be one of the late adopters, mostly because it's it's just more expensive right now compared to gas ones. But yeah, I'm totally in for that. This whole new revolution. One of my coworkers has a uh, the Nissan Nissan Leaf. Oh, the electric one. He was telling me he's like, yeah, man, I don't have to worry about oil changes. It's pretty nice. <laughs> just gotta worry about tires. Uh, steering's all electric, just like normal cars. I don't really got to worry about that. It's got regenerative braking, so, you know, I get a little bit of charge back. Uh, something interesting that you told me, though, is that uh, electric cars actually do better in start and stop traffic because the batteries don't do so well when they're under, like, sustained uh, sustained stress as well as uh, internal combustion. Uh, they don't also get that benefit of the of the higher MPG because, huh? You know, I I I I never thought about that, but that does make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, like, uh, what was he? What was the exact point he was bringing up? Uh, yeah, because every single moment that you're pressing down the pedal. It's sucking a battery constantly at the same constant rate. And start to stop traffic. Uh, it's not draining anything at all from the battery. Unlike a uh, internal combustion. It's drawing like a little bit. Just trickling. Mm-hmm. It's still a last year. But man, I forget exactly why now. Now it kind of sounds like I'm con- contradicting myself. <laughs> no, yeah. I, 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 I think <laughs> you are right with it. It's the same concept of like uh, using your phone... Uh, and, and okay, first and foremost, people out there listening, I'm not saying a cell phone is an exact one to one comparison to a EV. Let's just make that preference. <laughs> what? <laughs> but how you treat your phone in terms of the keeping the battery inside of it healthy is in that same line of thought, right? Now, since I used to hear rumors saying you should use your phone when you first get it from 100% battery all down to zero, then charge it. And then, like, never get it back down to zero ever again. And then certain bits and pieces, like, you should only charge it when it's only at, uh, like, below 15%, never before, because of the type of wear and tear you put on it. It's not good for it if you're constantly, you know, decharging, then recharging, then decharging, then recharging. You have to have these... That, that whole argument and science behind the lithium-ion battery pack within a cell phone kind of holds, holds true outside of you know, a cell phone market. That being the wear and tear of the chemicals inside of lithium ion batteries is something that you should take in consideration for how you use it. And in fact, there is a, a YouTuber who goes by the Teslanomics. I think his name is like Ben something. And uh, he, along with other people, have had did a, you know, three years later with their Model 3, uh, how well their battery does today. And they found that within two years, their battery was was holding less charge by like 10%, 15%. And then by the third year, after an update from Tesla that apparently does the re-automization of the usage, they started getting even more percentage, like you know, more more longer lasting use out of it. And apparently, it was it was about how the the software stresses the battery during the driving period before before and after charging. So I. It makes sense to me what your friend told you about the stop and go traffic. So, I, just, just my two cents of you know out there. <laughs> you threw in here on the on the notes how Porsche and uh, Mustang are also uh, 
diamond into that field. Uh, what's what's Porsche doing? Oh, oh man, they're they're uh uh uh, uh Taycan, Tekan, Tyconan. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, but you know they they built a uh uh an EV and let me see if I can find it real quick. Taycan, oh, Taycan, Taycan, Taycan. Yeah. And it, uh, don't get me wrong, it, it 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 looks very Porsche. I don't like the front end of it, but I like everything else about it. I actually enjoy the interior, but I also think Porsches are kind of overrated. You know, I might get some hate mail for that. Uh, but in general, like you know, they 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 they, they came out and they swung it to them and said, "Hey, we have a faster EV than you." And they proved it. They got on some type of famous uh, race strip. And outperform uh-huh. the, the the Tesla Model S and the Model Three, and Tesla went okay. Well, give us a week, and they pushed some updates to the Model S, and it came out on the on the track to try to to beat the Taycan, 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 Tycoon, whatever. And their Model S broke down on the road. <laughs> nice. And uh, supposedly, sometimes. Uh, right Google, I'm not I'm not talking to you. What what are you? <laughs> No, nope, no, nope, stop. Thank Sorry, you. I can't process donations to that organization. I'm not do- try again later. Porsche don't need my donations. So I looked it up. I'm not sure how it's pronounced though. Taycan, Taken, but basically translates translates to lively young horse. Like <laughs> that's what they were going for. Like, hey, I can beat you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, but supposedly Tesla came back and recently outperformed the 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 the, the Taycan Taycan. Whatever. Uh, so it, it, essentially, they're having a, a back and forth, and that's pretty funny. But, I mean, <laughs> at least they're they're trying to better better use the the energy inside the lithium ion, which I, I think is a uh, the end all or the end all the the end which we all want to hit the I don't know, like, <laughs> the, a, a nice end goal for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, exactly, and. Again, I, I, I will preference that even though the, the, the Taycan may be more uh, or, or maybe faster than any of the models of, of Tesla, uh, they still fail where I think the most important aspect of all EVs should focus on, and that is range per charge. And so I oh, think yeah. the Taycan still only averages out around like 200 and something uh, miles per full battery. Whereas the Model S and Model Three, for their best long-range additions, I think at least hits around 300, if not more. And with their Cybertruck going for anywhere between 350 to 500 miles per uh, full charge, so yeah, I think that's uh, well. At least that's what I would definitely be looking for if I were going to buy an electric car. How many miles per charge can I get out of this thing? Because I mean, they're not up there with the uh, gas ones that get you like. Uh, 300, 400 miles per gallon, depending on the size of the car. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're the gang there. I think highest one I saw is 250. But again, it's under ideal conditions. Yeah. Uh, what I've been told is that uh, those those figures aren't as, as accurate like <laughs> here in Arizona, where it tends to get uh, pretty pretty hot, and that <laughs> eats away your lifting while you don't you don't get 250, you get more like 200 or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, especially in the summer. I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be cool to see how the electric industry for vehicles change. Like again, Mustang is making the Mach E now. 
Uh, you got other companies like um, uh, you know Nissan Leaf is coming up with a new version soon. Sony at CES made a Sony car, which we'll get into very shortly since we're uh, we've hit the hour mark recently. <laughs> so let's you know, <laughs> but yeah, all I'm gonna say left is Tesla's out there making moves. Their stock has increased tremendously. If you bought stock years ago when it was like you know five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen, twenty five dollars. You have made a significant, significant profit. And I, I hate myself for not buying stock three years ago. All I'm going to say. Oh, I just, I'm still stuck on the whole Bitcoin rapid. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, if I could go back in time. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, since we're coming up on uh, the middle, or I guess the end of our, of our show pretty soon, um, and I have no idea where I'm going to put our... Uh, our, our our ad marks, our, our, our ad spots. Uh, There's going to be two. One for a friend of mine. She's an artist. She makes great uh, a great webtoon comic called Molly. Uh, and no, it's not the drug. <laughs> that was my first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it's not paid for. She's not asking us to promote it. I'm just a big fan personally, so I'm going to promote it personally uh, in that case. Uh, and secondly, one for Anchor FM, which is the platform we use for hosting our podcast. And as we are out here getting episode one out the door to see the new format and how well it works, apparently not so well because we're at one hour, five minutes, and we're finally coming up to our main topic. <laughs> but yeah, uh, CES, man. Have, have you been watching and learning and seeing things at CES Consumer Electronics Showcase? I have. It's a uh, well. It's got some neat stuff, but I'm gonna say that compared to other CESs, I don't think it was as many as as uh, I've seen before. What's your initial thoughts from CES 20? Or I guess your your what you took away this year from CES 2020 this year? Um, <clears throat> mainly, uh, Sony has uh. uh Okay, uh, gotta be clean, gotta be clean. Uh, Sony has cojones. Wait, no, that's just Spanish for... Uh, Spanish, or uh, Sony has chutzpah. Uh, that, that, that's number one. Uh, gotta be clean in English, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 yo, uh, uh, no, uh, what is it? Yo, ha- yo hablo en español muy mal. Only uh, uh, pequeño español. Uh, I forgot how to say sorry in, in Spanish. Uh, uh, I forgot to do actually. <laughs> uh, perdón, perdón. There you go. Perdón, yeah, like, like like pardon, yeah. Or no, also yeah. um, lo siento. Lo siento, yeah, it's a different way. Yeah, depending on if you want to do the uh, the the uh, oh, I forget. You, know, you you have your more native uh, inflection versus the more Euro inflection. I, I forget. It, it's it's really weird. I'm not Spanish. You're you're the Mexican with the K. You know, you're, you're the man I go to for. <laughs> yeah, one of them is uh, I'm sorry, and the other one is my Lo Siento is uh, my my apologies. So you, ah. know, you could use either or, but you know, there's one that's more geared towards you know, might say uh, maybe funerals as opposed to like you know, bumping <laughs> someone in line. You know. <laughs> I don't know if someone like bumps into me like in line and oh my apologies. I'm like oh. Mm. <laughs> All right, guess I'm sort of important. <laughs> Just oh. sounds more honorific. Oh, 
Luis Sandoval, everybody. The man that you go to for all your Spanish needs. Uh, to my Spanish listeners out there, lo siento. No. <laughs> Um, but uh, not, not, but no, I, I I agree with you. Um, literally, the the greatest things from CES this year, in my opinion, again, I wasn't there personally from from what I've seen uh, online, websites, YouTube, uh, the Sony car, uh, the modular TVs. I, f- I forget who was. I think Samsung actually. I think I think it's Samsung who did the the modular micro LED thing. Yeah. I see you've added, yeah, microwave LED Samsung to the, the show notes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, and uh, 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 Alienware's uh, UFO, which is UFO. You know, I, I just like saying UFO. Uh, portable PC gaming switch format thing. Those are the three main things that I like. Liked. I, I think are sh- should get trophies for like you know or medals for stand out of the the CES the year. Uh, I do like, uh, I believe it was Dale's uh, dual screen laptops that came with a magnetic uh, uh, floating keyboard that goes on top for Uh, your own thing. That was super cool. But in practice, I think we are at least two years out before having that be truly feasible in a way that doesn't make you angry using it for like uh, uh, Microsoft's Windows X. Like If if that's out and, and, and on it, it may work much better. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie, the foldable screen laptops from Lenovo, Dell, and Intel's uh, showcase for what can be was kind of cool. Uh, gimmicky, those things were thick like some grandma's uh, grits or some some pudding, <laughs> but uh, kind of cool. More so, again, cool factor. I'm giving it the, the 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 thumbs up on cool, but it doesn't it doesn't win a medal from me because again, in terms of use case, actually showcasing the future, I think that goes to Alienware's UFO, uh, Sony's car, and Samsung's micro LED modular TV. Personally, you. Uh, so the Sony car. Uh, well, I saw like yeah, you know. It's another, it's another car. I mean, I appreciate it. More, more competition to the arena. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, it just looks like a, like a normal car, I guess. I, I, I like it more than the, than the Teslas. Uh, actually, this probably could have been part of <laughs> the, the, the car electric car talk. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's nice. It's not, it's not bad. Uh, I, I do like the front part of it more. I, I'm, I'm always saying that. The front of the Tesla vehicles mm-hmm. looks uh, weird. Looks like looks like a cat. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a cat, and I don't. Eh, it, I'm more of a dog person. <laughs> doesn't do it for me. And then uh, to tie back in the electric car thing, uh, we brought the Mustang E. I, uh, I I definitely like it more than, than the Mustang E. I think uh, the front of the Mustang E really takes away from the whole Mustang. Uh, vibe i i think it's ugly <laughs> the the mustang you compared to the the sony car man see i, I i'm with you and, and and speaking on the mustang e, uh, or the 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 mustang uh mach e or as lou calls it the maki it's like a, a coffee i have the maki to go i would have thought for their first ev they do a sedan not a not like wow. a, a, a suvs kind of truck thingy you know yeah because it's I, mustang I mean, yeah, I mean, if you scroll down on the on the link on there, the, the they got it like side by side next to the their original 
Mustang, and like the original Mustang looks like, like Cobra. I mean, I guess that's kind of weird. It says Mustang horse, and it kind of looks like a Cobra <laughs> at the front of it. But compared to the 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 Maki, the Maki, whatever, I uh, it just doesn't do for me. It doesn't look as fierce, and I mean, I, I think I think that would have been kind of cool bringing some of the more sporty guys and getting like electric cars. I mean, they won't be able to do that. I like the stoplight. <laughs> like I, I challenge you, but you know, I still think it would have had like a nice fierce look to it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think this is one of those cases where your reputation that precedes you can sometimes hurt you, because like I, I, I don't mind Mustang making like an SUV esque, you know, EV, but just to have that be your first car before something like what you're known for it just seems weird to me and again it's not bad it's just when people think mustang this is not what first comes to mind ah yeah, yeah i see what you mean yeah mustang you think like muscle car like it's gonna you know, do some work for you yeah. on, the, on the road not necessarily like hey i'm gonna go pick up my my kids on the maki yeah <laughs> it's more uh, it reminds me more of a but is it like an audi or like a bmw like more luxury-esque kind of vehicle and it just i don't, I don't get that feeling that uh, with with the Mustang name, yeah. you know they've just brought Mustang to me like a more muscly like. Ah, I'm in my early twenties. I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't feel like I'm overcompensating for something, and I need to feel <laughs> like I'm overcompensating for something when I drive a Mustang. <laughs> like, okay, if I'm driving a Mustang, I want to pick up some ladies on it. I don't think I'm gonna be able to pick up anyone with that. Like, hey, babe, I got a Mustang. Oh, you do? Pull up in this. Like, eh. I mean, look at the price tag. Yeah, but not what I was thinking. You know. You just described the uh, uh, Buick's, you know, most recent commercials. It's like, oh man, check up that Buick. Where? And it's like, oh, that that one over there. Oh, yeah. You just you just described that, but the 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 uh, the outcome is in reverse. Where it's like, come check out this Mustang. Where is it? Oh no, it's that one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. Yeah. I never get those Buick commercials. It might be like a a generational thing where maybe Buick had like a bad rep, but now they re they're like reinventing themselves kind of thing. I don't think I ever saw an old Buick. Maybe that's just uh, why they have that sort of bad campaign. Yeah, I I agree. I I, I personally I, I just don't know. I mean, again, we're we're no longer young, but we're not old. So you know, we're just kind of like, hey, you know, Tesla, Honda, you know, Mustangs, of course, you know. Oh, Buick. <laughs> uh, what about? Buick? Matter of fact, Escalades are uh, 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 becoming very rare in my opinion. Now, I don't want to say very rare, but like less common to see. Yeah, I kind of agree. I know it's not the electric. Uh, we're drifting off a little bit from the electric talk, but yeah, <laughs> I agree. I don't. I don't see as many Escalades. I remember younger and seeing them all over the place. Uh, but I, I don't know what happened. I, I see them very often with like. Spinners that are very popular yes! back in the day. <laughs> Escalades and spinners, that was a big thing. And now, like, it's rare to see spinners. Same with uh, Hummers. Yeah, um, no, yo, God, yeah. I forgot now Hummers existed. Yeah, like, I, I, I see them very rarely now. It's like, what? What's a Hummer? Oh, oh you mean those military vehicles? Like, yeah, <laughs> I know what those are. You, you, yeah. You, 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 you want to know why, Lewis? <laughs> Gas prices. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh, just kidding. Don't want this. But see, an Escalade. I don't get. I don't get that with the Escalade. That might be just a different thing all in all entirety. Maybe, maybe the Escalade brand name, or mm. the Escalade. Because Escalade is the 
is a car, right? What's it's... the name of the company that makes Escalade? I'm... Let's see. I'm thinking of the SUV, right? Escalade. Yeah. Oh, Cadillac. 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 That's yeah. right. Cadillac. Man. Escalade. You know, I, I, I think it's because rappers don't drive a lot of Cadillacs anymore. Or maybe they just haven't done enough advertising for the, <laughs> for the Escalade. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What... But like, it's it's been a good minute since I've seen uh, Cadillacs. It might be just they need to redo their advertising. Like, I know Coca-Cola continuously has to do their ads to, you know, show people, hey, we're Coca-Cola. We sell things. Uh, that you are trying to introduce the next generation. Like, hey, we're a drink sold all over the world. I miss the polar bear. And I do miss that polar bear. Every time I see it, I get all... Uh, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the Santa. I, I, I miss the polar bear and Santa drinking Cokes every holiday season. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, drifting more down that road. Uh, have you... <laughs> Do you, have you seen that uh, Corona commercial with the palm trees every holiday? You're like, no. How's it go? Man, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up on YouTube and send, send you a link later. Please do, man. <laughs> I, I remember when I was like 14 or something, I used to see this uh, Corona commercial that come up every single time during the holidays. It's like this guy in like a shag with like Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember if they're on the tree or on the palm tree next to him. But it's just very quiet. It's very serene mood that some guy's whistling a Christmas tune and then at the end it just says Corona and then I saw it this this last holiday season like oh hey there's still there's still milk in that current show from like years ago <laughs> they're just reasoning and never made a new one I just think it was pretty funny I'll send it to you later yeah please do please do um what else do we have to actually fully talk about uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot the PS5s yes PS5s bring that up so so, so uh, well it is twofold right so at ces uh rumors have had, had released saying sony is going to talk about the ps5 and so that's weird at ces because ces is about tvs it's about you know random things it's, it's, it's not about gaming and so when people say okay ps5 is going to be there let's go see the sony presentation so they, they a lot of people crowded the ps or the sony showcase for the PlayStation. And they got to the PlayStation. They went, here's the logo for PS5. And it's PS5. <laughs> Nothing new. And they went, it's going gonna, it's gonna to use this. It's going to be able to do 4K. It's going to be powerful. Okay, that's it. Anyway, let's show you our Sony car. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they baited people with the PS5. And then wild them with a sucker punch of the Sony car. That that that's that's mainly it. Like we, we don't we don't know what PS5 looks like. We've had leaks of the uh, dev kits, which looks like that weird alien V-shaped thing with the the vents on the front. But uh, that's just a a mock-up for a dev kit. Likely not going to look for the final production. But yeah, man, it's weird, weird and cool. Ironically, though, that uh, the dev kit consoles look uh, like a like an engine sort of <laughs> it, it <laughs> Just does. back to electric cars <laughs> i think it looks i think it looks pretty neat uh, is it too much for me yeah sounds like you know 15 now like okay that's pretty cool uh, at least compared to the the xbox series x uh, which i've seen memes of people making uh, <laughs> a refrigerator <laughs> yeah photoshopping into a refrigerator and other sorts of household utilities like uh oh going back a bit though to the uh 
the unveiling a bit. I don't know. I would I would disagree and say that I, I don't I don't think it's out of place for for uh, Sony to uh, talk about the PS5 a little bit. Unfortunately, it was just the logo <laughs> at CES because it's just consumer electronics. And well, you know, the console is a consumer electronic, but would it be better suited for E3? Yeah. Um, yeah, those those disappoint me definitely. It's like, <laughs> and we got the PS five. <laughs> you know, you actually do make a valid point there, like, because you no, know, once upon a time, gaming was seen as like this hobby that was not a main stake in people's times or or, or households. And I guess over the course of 15 years, it went from being this expensive niche hobby to literally being something that almost everyone does, be it a console, your PC, or your phone. So I guess in terms of consumer electronic showcase, nowadays, yeah, gaming does fit within that more commonly used uh, area. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I just did wish they, they unveiled... Uh... <laughs> More. I think I saw a video of someone making making fun of PlayStation and just getting the P and PlayStation just flipping it upside down, just trying to line across the PlayStation. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, they they really could have. I mean, it, was, it still has that PlayStation vibe because it didn't change it much, but it really just looks like they did flip up upside down the P and like, all right, there you go, PS Five. Which I mean, cool, but uh, I don't think that's what people are really looking for. Right. I I, I, I I'm thinking if. They're trying to use that as just bait to get people in for the Sony car. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it worked, but if, if I was attending CES and saw Sony car, I'd still be like, what? Sony <laughs> car? I, I would still go attend it anyway, because that's just still interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh and I, I think it might be important for us to note that Sony is not going to manufacture this car as like a mass product to sell. They're basically showcasing that they as a company make so many things from TV screens to different oh, yeah. type of electronics that they can actually supply a different manufacturer with the components to build a car. So it's saying like, hey, we can do it with our tech. If you want to like, you know, try to compete with Tesla and you have some areas you're not good at, we might be able to fill that void for you. So here's an example. So. You're not gonna see a bunch of Vision S's on the road ever, sadly. But oh yeah, what do you, what do you think about that name, the Vision S? What was your first impression on you? I, no, I, I I liked it. I I I honestly did. If it felt very appropriate and it had that cool factor to it, like the vision of Sony. Like if Sony wanted to make cars and if they went here, this is our vision and we can do it. And here it is because. Another important note at CES, you typically have a lot of prototypes or, you know, your your example mock-ups, and they don't normally work. But according to people at the, 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 the show floor for it, they've tested that car. It drives. The, the, the OS exists. The screens work. It has, you know, uh, 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 oh, what was it? Uh, zero to 60 in 4.6 seconds. They've tested that thing. So... Like, they have literally mapped out a vision of the future for EVs, and they came prepared to show it. And I guess to Sony, kudos. You you, you win my respect. I, uh, well, I mean, I kind of didn't like the name, because mostly <laughs> the, the phones already, like, S7, S10. Like, <laughs> I mean, now I'm just going to have the S line with the phones. Like, yeah, I mean, I probably won't buy one. It's like, yeah. <laughs> 
I know you guys could have done better, but now it's, it's I'm seeing a trend where uh, Google wants to make their own car. Uh, Apple's rumored that they want to work on the car, and well, Sony, hey, look, you have a car. So it looks like more tech companies are going to get into car making now that it's more more tech oriented than uh, mechanical. <laughs> actually, well, I guess some mechanical, but yeah, yeah. Two things from your your, your statement when you you brought up the Sony phones and like there were name, name mechanics. It's kind Sorry, of amazing. Off a bit. What was that first part? Oh, uh, you you brought up Sony and their weird phone naming mechanics. Ah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I just want to put it out there that it is a blessing in disguise that the PlayStation has not twisted into some weird, you know, naming convention. We're literally still PS number, not PS XV Visionary Twenty, or or, or you know, so. Why, why can't they learn from their 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 PlayStation line and just keep their phones simple? And at, at least, mm-hmm. at least they go uh, numerically, so I, so I can keep track of things. Uh, <laughs> Xbox, on the other hand, I've heard oh God, some no. people uh, make some answer like, "What's so we went from the 360 or no from the Xbox? Okay, the next Xbox 360. Okay, like we can't make the next one." another reference to degrees because 360 is the max so we're gonna go from there <laughs> so then xbox one but like one should be the regular xbox like xbox classic <laughs> <laughs> like okay i get you guys reasoning their, their naming conventions really really odd one the one x and now series xbox series s like uh, if i was just diving into this i wouldn't know what's going on i've been out of a console game for a while and i had to look up the other day uh when I was doing holiday shopping, what the difference is between the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X is. I figured it out, but I was just so confused for a bit. Like, which one's the the better one, the, the higher-end one? I guess I could just look at the price, but what's different in it? Am I getting more? Am I getting less? And Yeah. You, you see, th- this is when people take out their tinfoil hats and they put it on going... This is all a market ploy to make sure that older, like, grandmas and mothers and fathers who go out Christmas shopping for their kids will buy the wrong device and then have to go out and buy the right one afterwards and then spend twice as much money. And I'm joking, of course, but, you know, tinfoil hats (laughs) off. But, yeah, I I agree. Naming conventions can sometimes become so overly cumbersome that they get just downright insane. And... That's kind of why I appreciate Sony for having a very simple name mechanics for their PlayStations. And even though it's getting kind of old and someone going like, you know, this isn't cool. This is like, you know, uh, very obvious or, or guessable. Like, yeah, but you're not going to be confused when you go out looking for your next PlayStation. Hopefully, anyway. <laughs> True. But you might get a little bit confused now when you uh, see the... Alienware UFO, and then you confuse it for a switch. What's, what's the Alienware UFO or UFO, if you want to call it that? that okay, look, I, I own a switch. I like it. It's one of my most favorite consoles of all times now. I think the farm factory is brilliant, but I will say the Joy Cons are—they could have been manufactured better. And so then I look at this Alienware UFO, which is essentially a portable PC that has a foreign factor similar to that of a Switch, and it looks better. It's bigger. The the I guess the UFO cons, the UFO controllers. I I don't know what they call them. 
uh, are much bigger. They're, they're they're designed to be a little bit more ergonomic, and it it it, it just I, I don't I don't know it, it it looks so good, man. And the fact that it's not a console OS, it's just a PC. Like it's it's, it's a PC, Lewis. You you can still run emulators. You can still run like I don't know Word documents. <laughs> Whatever you want, it's a PC, Lewis. It's a PC. I was looking at it, and it's a, uh, it's pretty neat. At first, I thought it was gonna be uh, more of a PS Vita kind of design to it, where you know the the sides are attached to it. But it's it's basically like a switch where you can just pull off the controllers off from the side. Um, your left controller, your right controller. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And uh, it it operates very similarly to a switch. They have this. Middle center uh, centerpiece. Most it re- looks like the Nintendo Switch um, controller that you get to start off with when you first buy a Switch, and it makes the full size controller basically a controller that just packs away into the side of it. And the other cool thing, which I wish Nintendo, uh, well, they probably did think about it honestly when they were engineering it, but they didn't implement it, is that the charging port is at the top, so you could dock it by flipping. The entire back portion of it and charge and play at the same time in that uh tabletop mode was what i'm gonna dub it <laughs> yeah they 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 legitimately thought about it and i i think the Nintendo switch coming out actually led to them being able to have thoughts and and, and go where where does the Nintendo switch kind of pale in comparison to other devices like what, what could be better about it Let's learn from that and then do ours with the improvements upon it. And so I, th- I think that's a good idea. Now, Nintendo could have learned a little bit more from their normal Switch to their Switch Lite because the Switch Lite has the same uh, port configuration, you know, on the bottom side of the top. And it's like, man, it, you can't even dock your Switch Lite. Go ahead and put the USB Type-C on the top so people can be comfortable while they play and charge. But I, I, I digress. I yeah, I mean, I understand why it's on the bottom, so you can you know, dock it, but I mean, the secondary top would have been, yeah. I, I think, awesome. What I, what I do like from the uh, from the UFO, the Alienware UFO, is that the entire back portion of it flips down and acts as a leg, as opposed to just the little tiny stumpy leg you get on the Switch, which, <laughs> I, I mean, works for most cases, but, you know, someone will walk by with, like, a sweater, you know, just dangling on the side, because, like, knocks it a bit, it will <laughs> probably tumble over. You know, this thing will probably will just eh, tilt back a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I like it overall. I think it's I think it's pretty nice. They, uh, uh, they're, they're making more, more foldable things, though. Yeah, uh, going on the same route though, of just docking and folding, with uh, foldable laptops now. They they started with foldable phones, and now they're trying to introduce that concept into laptops, and I think it might work out better. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. This, this is kind of a shock because, like, I I I know we've had conversations about foldable phones, and uh, like. You know, you, you're kind of skeptical on the use case for them upon like the normal average uh, candy bar phone, and I'm kind of more gung ho. So long as, uh, in my opinion, if I can get the Galaxy Fold with a, a front screen the same as the Huawei X, then I'll be super happy. But when I think about a laptop, uh, uh-huh. I think kind of kind of less like uh, and like like. I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the use case and like, look, I, I'm biased for cool tech that's different. So like I would buy any of the foldable laptops in a heartbeat just because. But trying to think where in the world I would use this over something else or use this for something else, uh, I, I get a bit lost. And like I said, the only area that I actually see myself pushing for is not the foldable screen laptops, but rather the dual screen laptops where the bottom is also a screen and you just have a, a physical floating keyboard that you throw on top of it. But a foldable screen laptop, cool it's nice you know lenovo had one out there with also a floating keyboard that you can put if you want a physical one uh but otherwise i i don't know because even when you 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 fold it it's still a thickums you know it, it's, it's it's a grandma thickum laptop uh <laughs> that fits multiple form factors you can unfold it and like put it on a, a an easel and have a, a a usb or bluetooth keyboard that's fine you can take it Fold it halfway and have a 90 degree, you know, bottom side keyboard, top side screen, uh, use a physical keyboard. You can fold it and take it with you. But I, I don't know, man, because I, I think batteries for a laptop is going to be a little bit thick. And if you fold it and it's thick and you put it in your backpack, it's going to be thick. But I guess you can leave it unfolded and just kind of carry around like that, like a normal screen. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. See, I think uh, I think I'd benefit from the extra screen real estate. Like if I got a what is it, like a sixteen inch lap, uh, yeah, sixteen inch laptop, where you place the entire portion with just screen, I could just attach. Well, I honestly wouldn't use a, a foldable laptop with uh, the virtual keyboard. I'd always want to use it with an external keyboard. So I mean, it would be a longer setup at a desk, mm -hmm. but I'd get the additional screen real estate because I know. With, with laptops, would I, well, when I'm trying to get real work done, I really don't like having just the laptop screen. I don't like being just uh, stuck with that. And if I can make bottom half, the, the area where the keyboard would go, just an entire separate screen, just have uh, some special software to do the window snapping, mm -hmm. uh, I think that'd be great. I could put less important things down at the bottom, just kind of like glance, like, like, you know, lower my eyesight or... Yeah, lower my eyes a little bit, just see that less important stuff, maybe like notifications, whatever, or like a build process going on. Just the main important stuff up top. Yeah, that's what I would mainly use it for. But yeah, I would definitely not type on that, type hours on that, on that with uh, the virtual keyboard. That would just, <laughs> I like, low, I hate low travel keyboards already in the virtual one. Which is, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And you actually have me there. Like, I... I... I had that thought, but not in the, in the same case of how I would use it personally, because I looked at the photo laptops with the physical keyboard that goes on top of the bottom screen, <clears throat> and it still gives you a type of area at the top of the bottom half to use for your less important stuff. And I remember having the thought process of saying, this is kind of like the Apple MacBook's uh, touch bar, but actually uh. useful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And I see what. Go mm -hmm. ahead. I was gonna say I think what would be neat is if uh, you you have the the screens on the inside. Let's let's call it the book. But you also had a third screen on top, so you could be using a tablet esque kind of mode. The smaller form factor. You just want to poke around and see things. Well, actually, well, uh, if I use that, isn't it? If it's a whole Windows OS, I don't know. Go ahead. Isn't that kind of like the uh, 
Asus had a laptop that was quote unquote dual screen, and it came with you know their big ass or their, their their enormous keyboard at the bottom with a bit of a short sighted screen above the keyboard, and it just didn't have a uh, oh no the mouse pad was like where the number pad would be, uh, and it was kind of like like that a little bit, I think. Uh, you're not talking about the Asus Transformer book, right? That, like, tablet no, uh, uh, keyboard kind of dock format. Let me see if I can find factor. it. Uh, Asus uh, dual screen laptop. It's uh, not ZenBook. Is it ZenBook Pro Duo? Is that it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, the ZenBook Pro Duo. Let me... Uh, put this in the show notes. Ah, uh, yeah, I see what you're talking about. So, what exactly about this about this one did you want to bring up? No, I was saying, is that kind of what you were describing with having the extra bit of screen for like putting it over the peak it and like just a, a little bit more? Uh, I meant more of a. So, if you're looking at a photo of an Asus ZenBook Pro, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. Uh, that bottom portion of it being extended all the way down, so just screen and screen, like a whole foldable portion, and then the top, the, the cover of your uh, laptop, uh, where you would uh, like. Let me use a MacBook for reference, where you would normally have uh, the Apple logo, mm-hmm. have that entire top portion be a screen. Load make it so you always need a sleeve for your uh, oh. laptop, of course. But that entire portion just being like. Well, a tablet-esque type of smaller form factor when you don't want to unfold the whole thing or just want to work on it flat instead of flattening out the whole entire two-screen layout. Got you, got you. It's funny that you mentioned that because there there was a laptop at CES that kind of had that except it it wasn't dual-screen inside or it wasn't a foldable-screen laptop. But the top of the outside, the back of the, 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 the screen, I guess, had a e-ink display and it was it was used to use for like you know if you're a business person or or whatever uh and if you're carrying your laptop around you need you need to make a quick note you would turn on the e-ink display on the cover of it take take your laptop pen and then like write your notes or you know you could like read kindle books on it which i, I think kind of shows the gimmicky portion of it by saying like hey this can't stand on its own let's read a kindle book but i digress i I, I think maybe next year or in two years we may see a dual screened or a foldable screen laptop with a, a screen on the back of it as well. Uh, but that's I I, I, I don't know. That, that, uh, I like the idea in practice, but at the same time, I would be very worried about scratching the cover of my laptop. Yeah, I think maybe uh, e-ink would be a good uh, a good uh, medium. I know they recently. The, the people over at e-ink because the company is actually called e-ink itself when they i think they also called the technology e-ink uh they created a color version of their displays now oh so, oh now i'm in i'm in now like, you hooked me yeah yeah they, they, have, they have a color version of uh of that now so it's it's pretty neat uh i think i remember some people in the comments section of an article saying that this is going to be great for uh kids books like if you want to uh, read them to like a kid on a kindle you can now read those better and, you know, they might be more hooked. Of course, it's not going to be as vivid as, you know, a normal uh, LED screen or uh, well, even a uh, TTPS, a, uh, a 
I forget the name of the technology now. But as uh, colorful as a standard screen that we use nowadays, mm-hmm. it would still be color. It would be a more faded out color. Think of an old newspaper. The colors aren't there are going to be vivid, but you do see color on it. Like those uh, coupon things that you get in the mail every every week. <laughs> Think that type of color. You know, for some reason, I'm having like the the mindset of it being the twenties now. We're 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 now living in in, in, in the roaring twenties, uh, <laughs> and we're gonna have kids growing up with e ink color displays, and then twenty thirty years later, they're gonna have e ink color displays that look just as vivid as, as LEDs, and they're gonna go. Back in my day during the 20s, we didn't have full-colored e-ink displays. And I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, kill me now. I am ready to leave this planet. I am ready to leave this world. This generation is not my own anymore. Put me in an old folks' home. I'm done. I, ch- I check out. I check out. Pretty, pretty neat. Pretty neat. Um, I, I, love, I love just the, the energy savings that you get from eating. Just leave something on. Uh, for days on end, uh, I've seen samples of people or the people over at Eat Inc. Uh, at their booth. It, I don't. I don't think they. I don't believe the Eat Inc. stuff was unveiled this year. I think it was unveiled maybe like a year or two ago. Some kind of late to the party and saying this news, but they were showing off how you could use uh, Eat Inc. displays, like maybe on a, a supermarket uh, shelf to show the price. And the item itself in like full color, so you oh, know that's it's, smart. That's that. Uh, they are showing off sample. Uh, what, what are those things? You put them on picture frames. Oh, Apple picture frames uh, that are now e-ink as opposed to LED based. So you know you save energy, and you know it only has to refresh when you know the image is going to change for your slideshow, whatever. For those uh, people that like those digital photo frames. So I thought those are pretty neat concepts. I think it's got tons more use cases than that, but we got some stuff. I know I drifted off a bit from the dual screen <laughs> laptops, but you wanted to comment something about uh, screens in general as well for uh, mobile devices. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny that we're talking about getting old and the roaring 20s and then 30 years later, because while you just explained, in my opinion, a great use for screen technology and e-ink for the future generation, you have people like Samsung as well as, I think, LG? I can't remember the other monitor makers, but they went, yeah, no, the kids like looking at content on their cell phones, which has portrait and landscape mode. Let's make TVs and monitor screens that you connect to your phone and you can just view your phone on set monitor screen, but when you turn it sideways, the TV itself will rotate into landscape mode. So we have literally screens and monitors that are being made for mobile generations where the screen itself will turn 90 degrees or, or vice versa, or 90 degrees in one direction or the other direction to fit your phone's orientation. And that just sounds stupid to me. I think you meant uh, portrait mode, right? Yes, portrait versus yeah. landscape. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> let's stop making portrait content. <laughs> right. I don't like right. it. It just you just get way more viewing angles, and you know you get uh, more peripheral vision, and you know we naturally look more open to the sides than when we look up and down. It, it just it's very it's a very <laughs> awkward uh, 
aspect ratio for me. I I hate it. See, see, this is this is where you're, you're gonna have like you know, 15 years down the road, your 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 son is gonna come to you and say, yeah, but like, dad, we have TikTok, and TikTok is all about portrait, and you're gonna just like look at him and go, don't sass me, boy. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I I get bothered when I can't zoom in or expand an Instagram photo. Oh my I, god! I turn the orientation. That bugs you so much. <laughs> Can I just see? A landscape version of this photo. I, this whole portrait thing, it bugs me so much. I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm with you. Oh, uh, uh, no, I, I guess that's pretty much it for screens of the mobile generation. And I guess we're coming to our 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 last topic on the docket, which our first time back on the podcast, and we're already an hour and forty five minutes in. So let's talk about modular micro LED TV screens. What are your initial thoughts about this entire concept in general, Lewis? Well, uh, I heard micro LED TVs, and honestly, the first time I heard it, I was like, ah, another buzzword, just like, you know, Super <laughs> HD and AK. I was like, ah, you know, just another year at CES where they introduce some new uh, technology. But then, like, I looked into it some more, like, oh, it's actually it's actually something new. It's, it's a giant leap from uh, OLEDs. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I looked into the technology of micro-LEDs, and it turns out that they're better than uh, OLEDs because they aren't susceptible to aging because um, OLEDs, they actually use an organic material that ages. And as time goes by and you use your TV, the color isn't as vivid uh, on your TV as the day you bought it. Yep. Because the material decomposes because it's an organic material, and so that stupid that's, life. <laughs> so that was that was the benefit of LEDs. But with LEDs, you had this uh, contrast ratio problem where uh, you wouldn't be able to get deep blacks, and things wouldn't look as realistic because with LEDs, the light comes in through the sides. That's why on uh, some cheaper TVs, you can see like the light bleed out a lot <laughs> of the dark scenes. It's because it gets all that light from the from the sides and so organic leds you know each little bit lights up and with micro leds uh basically you could already do that with leds but it's it's really hard to uh get the same same level of detail but with micro leds you get higher higher detail and the benefits of oled but the problem of course like every new piece of technology is that it's gonna cost uh, you an arm and a leg gonna, and a liver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if if you look into why they're saying it won't be available for maybe another uh, four or five years, uh, well, mass produced basically, is because you you basically have to create the TV one little LED at a time. So basically one pixel. And if, <laughs> with with the TVs right now being 4K, if we were to go back to like 720p or 480p, people wouldn't see an, a reason to upgrade to a, a micro LED TV. So if you look at the number of pixels in your 4K TVs now, uh, you're looking at <laughs> 3,840 by 2,160 pixels, basically. And when you do the math, as I'm going to do right now really quickly, because I don't know <laughs> off the top of my head what 3,840 is by 2,160, 
<laughs> you end up having to manufacture 8,294 on just a 4K TV. Uh, LED pixels, micro LED pixels, well micro LEDs, which will be the pixels one at a time. And it's just the technology isn't there to do it quickly enough without uh, many, many production flaws. So it's a, it's a slow process. And if one of them burns out, well, that's a dead pixel immediately off the back. <laughs> it's, it's a very tedious process right now until they get the manufacturing down just right. Bro, could you imagine like Ordering a micro LED TV panel of like all the different you know groups or camps of LEDs and like one of them is just broken. You got to like, hey, uh, Samsung, uh, it's broken. You see another one. It's like, oh, it's gonna take four weeks for us to get it out there. But like, <laughs> you know, so I'm just whips out an electron microscope. All right, here we go. You slaughter that one LED. Wow, have to be a surgeon. Actually, I don't want. If someone who, could, who has that job could just be a surgeon, that'd be great. This is the amount of steady hands you would need for that to just be soldered that tiny. I actually don't know how small micro, if when they say micro, they actually mean micro sized because, you know, sometimes you hear things like nano sim or micro sim and it's like, that's not nano size. <laughs> I don't but, know. I mean, I get, yeah, I'm not actually not sure if the, the term micro actually means micro. I'm assuming it probably is, since you know they got to be tiny pixels. Yeah, they, they showcase some animation of like showing the the mechanical arm that picks up the components and like transfer it over after manufacturing. But I don't, again, because it's an, it's an animation, not like a real thing. You still don't understand how big the scope or how small the scope is. So I don't know. But that being said, still you heard it here. Fir- you heard it here f- first, folks. That uh, you know, if you are a a surgeon, a you know who does like a lot of stitching and you know very fine details, you can you can also moonlight as a Samsung micro LED engineer. <laughs> so. Engineer repair person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what I in our was reading, it was a uh, it was that Wired article I have on there. They're talking about or speculating that this might be uh, Sony's way to get back on top in the on top of LG basically because the, the two manufacturers that make OLEDs or OLED TVs are LG and Sony, mm-hmm. and the only way that Sony can actually make OLED TVs is because they actually buy LG panels because LG is actually the only manufacturer of panels, and Samsung just buys. There's, yeah, Samsung. Samsung just buys their panels, but you know, if they invest money into this micro LED stuff, you know, they'll be the they'll, the situation will basically flip. Where they'll be the ones manufacturing stuff. Interesting stuff, man. It's it's going to be a very cool yet slow process watching TV technology uh, expand over the next course of the years. And so, for those who don't understand what we're referring to in terms of like the speed or slowness of adaption. Just think about it this way. If you are old enough to have owned a Fatback, which is a, a CRT TV, a, uh, uh, I almost said Catholic ray tube. No, a cathode ray tube. It's not religious. Uh, television. Uh, remember when flat screen started to come out? And even then, flat screen was like, they're they're thinner, but you still compare them to today's TVs and they're, they're still much, much more thick. 
it took about four or five years for a, a large adaption process to go from a, a CRT to a, a flat screen for LED purposes. And then from there to the more fancy OLED and even you know, we have quantum LEDs and, and the crystal displays. And even those are still, they're, they're more common, but they're still high price. So you typically don't have those in every home. And since you do have LED TVs in your house and you go, oh, I want a new TV, but like I don't really need to upgrade because this TV still works fine. It still looks great, yada, yada, yada. It's going to be a minute before this stuff actually trickles down into every individual's home, maybe 10, 15 years at that. So we shall see. And of course, content production. We don't even have studios doing 4K uh, production as much as like people from YouTube. So uh, these TVs oh, yeah. are, are pushing for 8K now. Ain't nobody going to have 8K content ready for you to consume <laughs> on, on cable, let alone uh, Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say Netflix. Does Netflix have a lot of 4K content? Uh, a handful. I, I wouldn't know. I was still on uh, 1080. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and even then, you 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 have 4K stuff to stream. You you are exponentially growing the amount of data you're going to be downloading per stream, and now your ISP is going to be ca calling you, going, you know, using way too much data. You're about to get throttled. So, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a minute. But uh, I do think that covers a lot of. Uh, a lot and then some of what we initially had for episode one of After Dark. Uh, what do you think, Lewis? Oh yeah, we we covered we covered uh, quite a bit and uh, and then some. <laughs> uh, quick uh, quick aside on the on the TV part though. Uh, we my dad uh, still had a uh, the fat pack that I had in my room <laughs> just until. I think a month or two ago, he he got it uh, back in like 1990 or something like that, and he said he actually won it at a raffle. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and he was like single or something, and <laughs> he kind of just passed that down to me. And it was my uh, TV for like the longest time, and it, it's kind of funny that he was talking about it, and he's had to replace. <laughs> two two flat screen TVs now in the living room. One of them just stopped working, <laughs> and so he tried to repair it himself. I'm like, yeah. Well, he tried to repair it himself. But he didn't contact me, and uh, he ended up frying it. He uh, <laughs> shorted the the cables. <laughs> like, Dad, it's really hard to do that kind of stuff nowadays. Lost which is very digital. It's hard to reverse engineer. And the, I think the other one uh, fell. <laughs> and he was saying how uh, that older TV just lasted a lot longer than like the two flat screens they had for the living room. Now he's got a third one, so that one's doing good so far. So I hope they last uh, a lot longer. Uh, the way he we, he finally got rid of the fat back was uh, uh, he got a, a new uh, a new TV for the extra room my parents have. A, a cheap little flat flat screen one mm -hmm. that they got on Black Friday, and they left it out side the road, you know, just to see if anyone wanted it. He said uh, by the end of the day it was it was gone. Someone had apparently taken it for some reason. Oh wow! Yeah, my dad was surprised too. He was like, ah, I want I wonder if I wonder what they're going to use it for because the re the other reason that my dad replaced that TV was because we we're getting kind of annoyed of replacing. Uh, or buying adapters for basically every new modern thing we want to attach. So we got this 
I don't think I ever took a picture of it, but basically we had this like dongle chain. <laughs> you had anything modern and digital working, uh, those digital boxes, uh, the, the, well, no, the Nintendo actually was fine. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we ended up having issues with the Nintendo is we got an adapter to HDMI because the original one broke and that had a adapter TV and it was, it, yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> yeah, someone took it. That's crazy. I will say, I look forward to the day in the future where you tell me that you're 60 years old and you tried to repair something and you broke it and you told your son and he told you like, hey dad, that's kind of complicated. You just can't do that nowadays. And I'm going to look back on this podcast and go, huh, history repeats itself. (laughs) Dad, everything's (laughs) using quantum computing now. It's not just electrons anymore, Dad. You can't just look into it and plug in a you know multimeter and figure out what's going on, Dad. Jeez. Dad, you know your your TV is living now. It's it's synthetic organisms and it has feelings. You just can't poke it and prod it. It has civil rights. You can't just whack it on the side. We're <laughs> not getting the track channel. Oh my goodness! You're gonna end um, up causing the war of the machines again. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to a coworker the other day saying like, man, just it's going to happen. But one day, teenagers are going to be driving around Teslas as beater cars. Gonna <laughs> They're going to complain about how it doesn't have, you know, the latest version of, you know, iOS or whatever. And they can't hook it up the thing properly. They need all these adapters. And that Tesla is just going to be a beater car, the oh. Model 3. <laughs> oh, That's when you- you'll know. That's what you'll know. <laughs> oh, what are you doing to me, Lewis? I'm already having crisis about my age. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, if, listeners out there, that's our show. I know it's been a little bit longer than we normally do or we normally did for our previous version of the podcast. I hope you do not mind. Hope you don't mind my voice neither. I do have braces now and appliances that makes it a little bit difficult for me to be a bit more coherent. But I'm better nowadays after two and a half months with them in. So hopefully it's still clear enough for you to understand. Uh, that's going to do it for our show. I want to thank everybody for coming out and listening to us, which you can find us on Anchor.fm as well as Spotify and hopefully soon even more platforms. Uh, I've been your host, Zane Zunokami Blaylock, and I've been here with my co-host, Louis, that Mexican with the K, Sandoval. Uh, we will see you next week with a an additional co-host then. Uh, but until that time happens, you know, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful start to the year of 2020. Anything on your end, Louis? Uh, anything left I gotta say? Yeah. Uh, well... Thanks for joining us, guys. See you guys next episode. Louis on the ball, everybody. By the way, have you? Do you still go by the 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 alias that Mexican with a K, or or is it, you got a new yeah. one? Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a go by that one. Okay, just making sure. Just an old one I've used. Like, eh, whatever. I keep it. <laughs> nice. Essence of Zen After Dark is a podcast made for and by geeks and nerds for all things geeks and nerd culture. The intro and outro songs were provided by Pro Leader, who you can find their music at proleader.bandcamp.com. That's P-R-O-L-E-T-E-R dot bandcamp, one word, dot com. Thank you.